Welcome in to the ESPN Chicago Golf Club, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. Visit them today at titosvodka.com. And joining me, now, joining me now is one of my favorite guests from ESPN, great golf writer, Bob Herrick. Bob, how are you? I'm great. What a great sponsor you have, too, huh? Yeah. Tito, you can't beat it, right? <laughs> especially <laughs> for you. Especially if the, the weather getting warmer, Bob, it's, it's going to be a good time to have a Tito's. Uh, there's there's so no many doubt. so many things I want to discuss with you, what's going on in the golf world right now. But let's start with the RBC, which was a pretty amazing performance by 47 year old Stuart Sink. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, I don't think anybody saw him winning in the fall either, which he did right. at the Safeway in September. Now he's won twice in this season after not having won since 2009. It's kind of kind of hard to wrap your arms around. I mean. The win at 2009, of course, was the Open when he beat Tom Watson in a playoff and kind of spoiled one of the greatest golf stories ever. And uh, had he, but, but I always thought that was going to lead to more, and it didn't. You know, Stuart Sink was like a Ryder Cup player. He was highly ranked, and he, he just, he never built on that. And now to be doing it at this age, um, I think there's some, you know, maybe there's some uh, perspective. And, you know, his wife had cancer and, got his son catting for him i think you know maybe you put things in perspective and, and maybe that makes it a little bit easier to succeed like it's probably not as important to him and so all of a sudden now you're playing better bob will his son stay on his uh on the bag or is was that i mean i, I think he was on the the bag for one his last one as well so will he yeah is that a permanent thing or is it just yeah. right yeah it sure seems like it um you know i i think there was a time where it was meant to be uh temporary you know they were just going to go out do this for a few tournaments and but man it's hard to um it's hard to argue with the success they've had yeah sink tied for 12th at the masters uh the week before sort of you know not uh not really noticed and that got him into next year's masters you know he hadn't played the masters in a while right and so he was in he was in because he won in, in the fall and then he gets back in by finishing top 12, which was a great accomplishment. And then, of course, you would have got in anyway by winning uh, at, at, at uh, Harbortown. But, uh, yeah, I, why would you change that up? I think they're on a pretty good roll, and uh, I'm sure his son's going to have a hard time making better money than he's making as a, as a caddy for a guy who's winning tournaments. That's a good point. And I'm curious, and maybe this is a silly question, but, like, you know, some of these caddies are grinders. Like, Justin Thomas' caddy's been around forever. Um you know, you, you see how, you know, how these guys, some of these guys are veterans. Like, you know, Joe Acaba, he's, I mean, he's the caddy for, for uh, Fred Couples. Now he's with Tiger. Do they accept a kid like, well, how old is Reagan? 24, 25 years old? Are they right. going to accept a young guy like that? Or is it just like, hey, Stuart Sink's a great guy, you know, and his son seems to be a, a class kid as well? Yeah, no, that's a really good question because I think there is a little bit of animosity towards family members. You know, uh, coming in and caddying, uh, possibly taking a job away. Um, but also, you know, it's the player's choice. And um, if, if a family member doesn't work out, they're going to know it pretty quick. Uh, you know, Lee Westwood's had his, his fiance and his son caddying for him. And he's the same age as Stuart Singh. But he said, look, you know, at this stage of my career, I kind of know what I need to do. And I just need somebody out there to talk to me and, you know, keep me calm. And, and it actually works for him. Uh, but, 
you know, you usually, the, the guys who try to get by, um, they often will pay the price for not having a professional caddy. We've, we've seen that over the years. I mean, Dustin Johnson went through that with his brother. Right. You know, when they, were, when they first got together, there was a lot of missteps made. And there was a lot of eye rolling because he was deemed to, to not be the, the, the person that he needed. You know, Joe LaCava had caddied for him before he left the caddy for Tiger. And, you know, some of these guys need somebody to steer them along, say the right thing or, you know, help them calm down. And, but he's grown into being a really good caddy. You know, he, he, he watched others. He learned. He, he took notes. And, you know, now I, I think they're a pretty good tandem. So, you know, it can work out. Uh, we're visiting with Bob Herrick from ESPN here on the Golf Club. And, uh, Bob, you brought up Joe Acava. I brought him up as well. Like, um, I texted with him once, and he said he's just laying low. Is that it right now? Just because, I mean, we don't even know if Tiger's ever going to play again. Will, will he eventually pick up another bag, or is he just going to stay out until Tiger finally decides, you know, if he has a chance to play again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a long wait. And um, I give Joe a ton of credit for being incredibly loyal. Um, you think back a few years, Tiger played one time in all of 2016 and he played twice in 2017 and Joe hung in there. Now, listen, Joe made a lot of money caddying for Tiger in 2011, 12, 13, even into 14. But, you know, come on, it's, (laughs) you're, you're, you're sort of set down in a, in a, in a profession where you're, you're basically paid on commission. Now, Tiger took care of him in some way, and I have a sense that that is happening now. Um, I can't speak to that for sure, but I'm guessing that Tiger is paying him in some form. But, you know, he wants to work. You know, he likes to be out there. He wants to do it. And I think at some point they're going to probably have a discussion, and uh, he'll maybe go to work for somebody, maybe with the idea that, hey, look, I'm coming back when you're ready to play again. And I I can't imagine Tiger having a problem with that. Uh, you know, that I, I'd, I'd be stunned if he had a problem with that. See, so I think Joe wants to sort of, you know, he's, he doesn't want to, you know, rock the boat too much, and he wants to, wants to sort of tiptoe around it. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point later in the year he's caddying again. Bob, I'm not asking you to say if you think Tiger will ever play again, but when do you think he'll make his – I know he's made comments on his website and on Twitter – but when do you think he'll actually will physically see him and he'll actually talk, do an interview or something like when, when will yeah, that happen? It's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking that his tournament later in the year in the Bahamas, the hero, which, you know, his foundation runs and which is sort of the first tournament that he ever had. It goes back 20 plus years. It started in Arizona and then went to California. That might be the place. You know, because um, it's hard for for that event to go on without his presence in some form. And, uh, you know, he needs to sort of shake hands and kiss babies and do that sort of thing. And um, I would think that that might be the place. I mean, he has other fundraising events throughout the year. One of them is in Vegas, usually in May. I can't imagine him being at that. He has another one at Pebble Beach in the fall. That's another one I because typically his role there is to give clinics and things. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he gives an interview to somebody, um, you know, but it's it's not a public one, you know, to sit down on camera. Uh, but my guess is that's the place 
where we see him do a news conference and, and, and sort of be public. And, you know, I just sort of have this, this, um, you know, pie in the sky dream that he, he returns at St. Andrews next year, Hmm. you know, uh, for the open. It just, I think that would be really cool if somehow, some way he could, he could be ready to go there. I realize that that is a big ask. We just don't know enough about his situation at the moment. You know, Bob, I'm I'm the biggest golf fan as you. I mean, I love it. I just love watching. It. I watched the Zurich Classic this weekend, and you know, um, I, I the, the sport just misses them though. It, it, it's so glaring. You know, even at the Masters, which is one of my favorite two days, Saturday and Sunday, just sit there in front of the TV and watch it. And you know, congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama and the, you know uh, Will Zalatoris was great, but like with you know, there was just no buzz over the weekend for that for the you know the masters and it just like it's the sport misses tiger when he's when he's not there yeah and you know it's something that they've had to kind of come to grips with here for several years i mean he's 45 you know this wasn't going to go on forever right uh and although you know i think had this not occurred and we don't know you know, what, what he's going to be able to do, but we would have always shown up at Augusta into his fifties thinking he had a chance, Yep. you know, just because the way he could play that place, the way it does allow for an older player to sort of maneuver his way around. Um, and so, and, and, you know, certainly that's the same at the open too, you know, uh, at the British open. I mean, it's, it's a ground game that doesn't require, bombing it even though tiger can still hit it plenty far i'm sure he'll be able to hit it plenty far whenever that day comes but uh yeah you're right i mean if tiger were teeing off in the first group on saturday morning there would have been buzz you know there would have been a ton of people following him and you know even in the fall when he played you know he didn't play he didn't have a great finish he didn't have a great tournament but there was a ton of interest in his round and right. so you're right to not have him out there. You know, we'd be speculating where he's going to play next right now. And, you know, we'd be wondering, hey, look, you know, the U S opens at Torrey Pines where he won in 2008, there would have been a ton of hype going into that U S open with him returning there. So yeah, it, there's no question. It's, it's, um, it's a bummer. It's, uh, there, there, he, he, he's missed. And, you know, I've, I've, we've been through this though. You know, I saw it for two full years in 16 and 17 and, you know, there's a lot of great players, but he's hard to replace. It's hard, and it's really kind of unfair to try to ask anybody to do it because he's sort of once in a generation. So I, I guess the closest person right now, in my opinion, is Bryson uh, to, <laughs> right. because he's just like, he's happy Gilmore that, uh, you know, in Arnie's tournament when he drove it over the water and he did, the, you know, got all excited. That was like, I mean, must watch on Twitter and to everywhere. It was all over the place, which leads me to, Bob, what I read yesterday. Uh, about the forty million dollar bonus pool that'll be uh, that's already underway. I guess it started in January, and it's going to reward people who are, I guess, are very active on Twitter, who are who have uh, big in Google search. Um, can can you explain to me what this is, and are you in favor of it? Well, I don't know. I have some mixed emotions about it, to be honest with you. Um, on the one hand. Golf is an, an odd sport in that, I mean, let's just use Tiger as an example. Tiger, if, if, if Tiger plays in a tournament, let's say he sells $100,000 worth of tickets just because he's there. 
he helps drive the TV deals that the tour has with the networks, all that money that comes in, right? Yep. But all him bringing all that to the table, he's not guaranteed a penny in that tournament. And so I do kind of have a problem with that. You know, like, in other words, the guy who's 100th on the money list, who doesn't sell a single ticket, who might not have anything to do with the, with the uh, TV deal, who shows up, plays, and beats Tiger, because that's what happens in golf, he gets paid more. You know, now, listen, there's, that's part of the beauty of golf. It's all performance-based. But when you're talking about so much money, you know, to not reward these guys for just because their presence means something, I get that part of it. But so now they go to this thing. This is sort of what this is meant to do. I, I don't know if you're, you know, a couple of years ago, there was this rival golf thing that came up called right. the Premier Golf League. And right. they were going to try to recruit guys and have like 20 tournaments and guaranteed money and all around the world. And, you know, I mean, that was intriguing because if you were a top player, you knew you were going to make a couple of several million dollars a year no matter how you did. And so this is sort of the tour's way to sort of appease that. But it's only 10 players, and it's 10 guys who are already, already probably making a ton of money anyway. $40 million. They just laid off 50, 60, 70 people during the pandemic. Mm. But they've got $40 million to, already, to pay these guys even more. Like the top guy will get $8 million. Like Tiger, without playing this year, might – you know, he might – figure in that top 10. right sure you know like does tiger need eight million dollars more i don't know it's just sort of i i don't know i it's it, i i think i'd probably be better with it if they spread it out and they moved it farther down you know and like because then there might be incentive for these guys to engage more with the public you know there, there's incentive for them to be active on social media maybe or even just just you know engagement you know, being if you do a lot of interviews, you're going to get noticed. Those things are going to get posted. They're going to be on websites. Uh, you know, right now they don't have to do that kind of stuff. That that's not that's not really that imperative. So in that regard, I kind of get it. But that was um, it's 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 going to be interesting interesting to see how it plays out because it's a lot of money for very few guys. And, yeah, and, uh, and it's, you're right. It's it's almost like the rich get richer, right? Because Tiger's going to be on there. Bryson DeChambeau is going to be on there for sure. Um, Kepka, I don't know, but like he he mentioned that Tiger should be number one because of what he's done for the game. But it's you know I'm just it's kind of you look at the guidelines and it's like their their popularity in Google search, you know, and their Q rating, which measures the familiarity and appeal of a player's brand. I mean, it's it's just really it has yeah. it has nothing to do with performance, right? Right, zero, right. you know, and yep. that's that's a little bit I don't know, that's a little bit odd. And you're right. The guys who are going to be in there are already making a lot of money. A guy like Ricky Fowler, who's not playing well, who's fallen out of the top 50 in the world, mm-hmm. will be in there. Yep. You know, I mean, you, because you, he's popular. You can't go, if you're watching a golf tournament, you can't go two breaks without seeing a Ricky Fowler commercial. You know, I mean, it's it's <laughs> right. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Bob, who, who do you like this weekend? It's a, it's a, it's a p- interesting format. You have a teammate. Zurich Classic, uh, John Rahm and uh, Ryan Palmer won last year. Uh, it's kind of a fun event. It gives, I think, some of the guys who normally wouldn't have a chance to win a better chance. Uh, is there anyone that you, you like this weekend to win? Such a hard format to gauge. I, you know, I like kind of Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson because mm-hmm. they've, they've played together as teammates in Ryder Cups and 
you know, it's the same kind of format, you know, best ball and, and then alternate shot. The only, the only problem with, with it is, is alternate shot in stroke play is really hard, you know, right. and alternate shot is meant for match play. Because the format is so difficult, you know, like it's easy, really easy to make a big number when you're playing alternate shot. Right. And when you put it in stroke play, um, I'm not sure that's the right format, the right way to do this. I'd rather see them have, you know, a best ball, and you know, maybe one day of scramble. And even, even if they did a modified alternate shot where they both hit a drive and you pick the best one. Um, but that alternate shot in stroke play is really hard because obviously you have to finish <laughs> in yeah. match play. If you're, if right. you're getting killed, you just pick up and right. you lose the hole. Right. So, so yeah. Bob, you brought up Hendrick Stenson and it's crazy how humbling this game is because like five, six years ago, I mean, he's beating, I don't know, maybe in the longer, he's beating Phil Mickelson, one of the greatest final rounds of a major uh, he, you know, you could say he's a top 15 player. Now he's probably not a 50 top 50 player, which brings me uh, to the LPGA because for like two years, Lydia Ko was nowhere to be found. And then she just puts on one of the most dominant performances after almost winning two weeks before that. Like, isn't golf just amazing how you lose it and you find it and all of a sudden you're back being dominant again? It's really surprising at that level, too, I think. You know, Lydia Ko won all those tournaments before she was 20. Right. And now it's now, you know, she's basically, she's 24 now. And she's basically won like two in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Like she should be peaking and getting better. And she regressed, you know, and I think it speaks to like how golf works and how you're doing really well in, in an effort to try to get better. You might get worse. You try to fix things that don't need to be fixed. You don't stick with what you had. Um, Stenson is more, I think just a product of, you know, he's gotten older, you know, he's in his, he's in his early to mid forties now. Um, you know, uh, that, that open win over Phil was crazy. I mean, that's, that was a, that was a, you know, you sit there, Phil, Phil has to still wonder, you know, what more he had to do. Right. He played terrific that week and and got beat by, you know, and, and they beat everybody else by 10. So, um, but that was, a, you know, a great performance by Stenson, and he's been a rock in Ryder Cups. And uh, but yeah, he's just been in a downturn. He shot some high scores, and but he, you know he keeps at it. It's, when I've been out there, I see him on the range, and the guy's grinding away. He has a great coach, Pete Cowan, you know, the guy who's now he's working with Rory a little bit. And uh, so you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets himself out of it. And that's why a week like this is probably good. Gets to play alongside a guy that he's friendly with, and Justin Rose, and. And it's not all on him. Uh, real quickly, Bob, before I let you go, um, couple Ryder Cup's coming up again. It will finally be coming up after it was uh, delayed because of the pandemic. Stuart Sink, Will Zelatoris, either of them have a chance, you think, to, to be a captain's pick? They keep up the way they're playing. I think they do. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think they have to look outside of what they've been doing you know, the last few times. You can't just always go with the same guys. You know, and, and if, if, if another guy is Billy Horschel, who won right. the match play. You know, he's got like a fiery attitude. Wouldn't he be great out there? You know, he doesn't have to play every match. But, you know, match play is such a different animal than stroke play. And he, he, could really and annoy, he can really annoy the opponent, too, because he loves to talk. No question. Yeah. yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's got that kind of that little attitude that, that might, 
that might get under their skin. And I, I think, you know, just like Patrick Reed does, or you know, I just think you, you've got to, you've got to have that combination of guys who are playing well at that time, guys who are good at match play guys who can get along, you know, you got to find a partner for people. That's the one thing about DeShambo. His record in these things is not good. As great of a player as he is, his record is poor, and he's a hard guy to partner. You know, so like these are all the decisions that have to that have to be made. But you know, they're going to have, assuming Kepka's healthy. You got JT. You got Dustin Johnson. Um, you know, Reed. Jordan Spieth is on the rebound. He should be on there. You know, they have they have a really really solid team. It's amazing to me that they struggle like they do as often as they do. It is pretty amazing. Bob, this has been unbelievable. I love talking golf with you. Appreciate the time joining us in the golf club, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Sounds great. Thank you.